Welcome to the New Vision Church podcast. New Vision Church is a diverse, Bible-teaching, Jesus-centered church in San Diego, California, and exists to transform people and their communities by replicating followers of the biblical Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's this week's sermon. Amen, amen. Welcome, welcome. If you're here, it's not an accident. God has called you to be here, and we are so happy and blessed by you being here. If this is your first time, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but after service, right on the other side of those walls, we have a thing called a welcome center. And we want to bless you personally with gifts. We want to get to know you. Maybe there's something we can pray for you about. But here at New Vision Church, we want to let you know that it's not just about coming to church on Sundays. We're a family here, and we do life together. And if you look around this room, there's a whole bunch of faces here that can testify to that how we've been a family in their life, and how they've been a family in our life. So before we get started, um, I just want to take a time. Everybody say hi to your neighbor. Look behind you. Say hi. Say, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? And now let's, uh, let's go ahead and get in some prayer because um, th- this is a, a, one of those sermons that kind of got to me a little bit this week as I was prepping for it and I, you know, I spent some time in it and you know, you, re- you wrestle with things sometimes. And this is one of those things that had me really thinking. And so, uh, let, let us pray. Dear Father, we come to your throne and just ask that you can please open our hearts to the words that you want us to receive tonight. Let us drop our agendas. Let us forsake anything that has nothing to do with you. Like that song we just heard and we worshiped to and we said nothing else matters. Let's be real about that tonight. No more fakeness, no more hypocrisy, no more nothing. Let's empty ourselves to you and lay down our lives for you tonight and be living sacrifices as we listen to your word. Let us not just listen to it and say, "Uh uh-huh, amen, but let's say, "Uh uh-huh, amen, and follow through with it. Lord, Help us be like Paul was when he was in prison, but with nothing but joy, because you are being proclaimed. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen, amen. So the title of tonight's sermon is, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And it's all about a passion for Christ, because Christ is what matters. At least that's what's supposed to matter in our life as a Christian. That's the person who gave their life for us. That's the person who gives us strength. That's the person who helps us with everything that we need moving forward. So, have any of you ever cared about something so much and you wanted something so bad that that's all that you could think about? It's like you woke up in the morning you, you ate it for breakfast. You, 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 all day you thought about it. You slept it. You dreamt it. You woke up the next morning, the same thing. You just had such a strong desire and passion. Maybe it was a goal or, or something that you just thought about that you spent all your time and your mind on. Anybody ever had that before with something? Maybe it was your career. Maybe it was your kids. Whatever it is, it was something that you had that you wanted so bad that you had a passion for it that you spent your time on. Whatever you have a passion for, you will spend your time on. 
You know, I, I take a lot of people through one-on-one discipleship, and when I mentor people, one of the things that I ask them is, write down all your priorities. Family, school, work, kids, God, all that, and put them in order. I want you to put it how you want it to be in your life, and then I want you to put it how it actually is right now. You know, 99% of the people, they always put God's first in my life. But then I ask them, I say, okay, well, if, if God's first in your life, you read your Bible every day? Um, well, did, did you watch Netflix? Yeah, 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 I, I, did, I did that. Okay, did you go to work? Yeah, you got, you got the paycheck, right? They told you to go get a paycheck, you were there, you went to work, right? Yes, 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 I did, yes. Okay, so work in Netflix is more important to God. Because where your priority is, this reaction is good. We can all talk the talk, right? But if we walk the walk, we will show it in our lives. If your kids are a priority, you'll see it. If your spouse is a priority, you'll see it. If God is a priority in your life, you will see the passion for Jesus in everything you do. You know, you see a lot of times in athletes, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, Michael Jordan. But that man was dedicated to basketball. Matter of fact, ever since he was a little kid, he just wanted to be better and better and better. And he'd practice the first one there, the last one to leave. Michael Jordan had a passion for basketball. How many mothers we got here? Raise your hand. Any moms? Moms in the house? If your son or daughter, life was in danger, everything else is out the window. Everything, it don't matter what's on the agenda, what you got to do, no matter what time it is, everything else the window because your only passion is being a mom at that point. You ever see on TV sometimes you see these like, uh, wait, 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 a, a buck 05 soaking wet uh, uh, people, but they're lifting up cars because the baby's trapped. Because it's this adrenaline, it's this passion. When, you, when you're so focused, it doesn't matter what else is in the way. That's all you care about. Well, Paul had a similar passion for Christ. Matter of fact, when you have a passion for Christ, Christ is all that matters. Because to live is die, or live is Christ, and to die is gain. So if you're taking notes, number one of your notes, I want you to write this down. When you have a passion for Christ, everybody say Christ. Christ is what matters. Nothing else comes before Christ. Now, I'm going to turn your Bibles. We're going to read, if you guys know, we're in a series called F, or excuse me, P-H-A-T, and it's through Philippians. And right now, we're, we're going through chapter 1, and, and we're in chapter 1, and the verse is 19, the passage is 19 and 26, but we got to take it one verse prior. Why? Because when they first put the Bible together, and all, there wasn't chapters and verses, it was just like long scrolls. And sometimes you got to read a little bit before it just to really fully understand what the author is talking about right then in the text. And I love being in context, so I, I really want to, to make sure that we get this. So everybody turn to chapter 1 of Philippians, verse 18. Chapter 1 of Philippians, verse 18. When you get there, say amen. He says, what then? Another translation, it means, what does it matter? What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that, 
I rejoice. And what he's talking about is there's these people, these, these teachers that were preaching and using his time in prison. Paul was in, in chains. He was in chains and, and fill, or right into the Philippians. He was in Rome and he was in chains. And these people were exploiting him being in prison. And they're writing this stuff to try to get their own ambition or, or selfish gain. He's like, it doesn't matter. I still rejoice in it because Christ is being proclaimed. That's all he cared about. That's all he lived his life for. Number two in your notes. When you have a passion for Christ, you know that no matter what happens, you are saved. Verse 19, he says, yes, I will rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, which is the Holy Spirit, this will turn out for my deliverance. Now, deliverance and also means salvation. So what he's saying, when he says, I know, if you look at the word, I know, oida in the Greek, it shows this air of confidence. For some reason, Paul is optimistic about this deliverance that he's speaking about. Now, there's two types of salvation. If you look at the Old Testament, a lot of times you'll see the physical salvation more. And then in, in the end, in the New Testament, you see the eternal. So everybody say physical. physical. Everybody say eternal. eternal. So the physical, if you ever remember the story about Moses splitting the Red Sea, and then he would show how God was the, the salvation of the Israelites, and he brought them out of slavery, he brought them out of bondage, he brought them out of Egypt. Maybe, has God ever brought you, has he saved you from something? For some of y'all, he saved me from myself. And then there's that other type. That's that eternal salvation that all of us in Christ Jesus had. So scholars go back and forth on this, and maybe because, maybe it was a little physical. Maybe he was confident on his release. Why? Well, because at this time, Christianity wasn't illegal yet. So maybe, you know, he thought, okay, well, maybe, you know, this will let me slide, they'll let me out. I'm just talking about Jesus. Or maybe it's because if you read the book of Acts, he was in prison before and he prayed and there was a big earthquake and he was released. Or maybe if you read verse 23, which we'll catch a little later, he gives a direct quote from Job which Job was referring to his final destination that was so much better. And usually if you look at Paul, when he ever quoted or referenced the Old Testament, he was in context. But either way, there's some deliberate tension and some intentionality both between temporary deliverance and physical deliverance. And I think Paul knows, just like we know as Christians, that perseverance through struggle is an identificational characteristic of somebody who's truly saved by Jesus Christ. And maybe he didn't care if he was free or not. He's like, well, if I'm free, that's cool. I'll, I'll be free and I'll, I'll be able to share the gospel even more. But if I'm not, he's still free. And, and, and if he dies, he's still going to, it's the persecution, he's still going to be able to witness more people for Christ anyways. I guess he knew either way he'd be saved. But what is it that he said for us Christians that helps us do this? Two things. 
prayers. Everybody say prayers. And help. Say help. These are the two things that us Christians, we need in everyday life. The prayer is the, the intercession. That's the human side. That's when we're struggling. That's when we go directly to God and pray. How many of you guys have struggled this week on something and had to pray to God because you couldn't handle it yourself? Raise your hand. My hand is raised. That's when we come, we're crying out to God when we're in prayer, like, Lord, I need your help. We're asking for help. Some of us were were too embarrassed to ask for help. Oh, I got this. I'll, I'll be all right. How many of you guys are praying for someone right now? Raise your hand. How many of you guys let somebody know this week that you need a prayer? Raise your hand. I don't see as many hands raised. But there was a whole bunch of hands raised earlier. The reason why I'm saying that is because we can't, we're, we can't be afraid to ask people for prayer. We can't be to give our burdens and, and say, hey, I need some help with this. It's a little too heavy for me today. We need to be able to ask for help. And then there's the second part, the help, which comes from the Holy Spirit. That's divine assistance. And by the grammar, we can tell that, that Paul was assuming that both these have to work together for it to come together. We ask for prayer, we ask for help, and the Holy Spirit answers and helps us with the things that we need. Paul knew that. So whether he got out or not, it didn't matter. Because all that mattered was Christ, and that Christ was proclaimed. Number three in your notes. When you have a passion for Christ, you will not be ashamed of the gospel. Let me repeat that one. When you have a passion for Christ, you will not be ashamed of the gospel. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, I'm not ashamed. ashamed. You know, the word of shame means implying cowering, right? So, of course, we're not, not, I'm not going to cower for for nothing, right? We're not going to say that. It also means running from battle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to the Lord's army, I'm not going to run from battle or embarrassment. See, Paul, he knew that he was in chains and he knew he he was going to have to to speak to some authorities. He knew he was going to have to go to some courts and he was in there not because he did something wrong. He wasn't in there because he did something illegal. Paul was in there for sharing the gospel and now when things got hard and he had to share, not with Christians, I'm not talking about here on Sunday when you're sharing the gospel with people at Sunday service at New Vision. I'm talking about when you're in prison, everything's going bad and these people might take your head off and eventually will take your head off because you're speaking his name. And so Paul, he doesn't want to be ashamed. He don't want to cower. He doesn't want to run from the battle because he realized that this Christian thing, it's not a joke. Matter of fact, it says in verse 20, as I am eager, my expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now always Christ will be honored in my body, whether in life or death. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Okay, let me ask you again. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me rephrase it a different way, okay? Let's be honest. Don't, don't even say it out loud because, you know, we're on, we're on camera. Um, not here. But if right after church, I was going to tell everybody, we're going to go across the streets to the park. 
And there's some people there that, that don't like Christians at all. Matter of fact, they said the next person tells about Jesus, well, they're going to hurt them. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Some of us had to think a minute for that. We had to think. It's a totally different situation. But Paul knew that the only thing that mattered was that Christ was proclaimed. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. It didn't matter about our fears, our, our, our anxieties, but as Jesus and the kingdom of God was glorified and expanded. You know, when I first got saved, I know a lot of you guys who know me, you know I'm super loud. I can get passionate. I'm like, hey, everybody, woohoo, Jesus. Uh, you know, there was a time where I was scared to death to talk about Jesus. Yes, when I first got saved. Got out of prison. I'd done half my adult life in prison. And, and when, I, when I got out, I had this overwhelming, burning passion to share, tell people about Jesus, to share about the gospel. But I was scared to death. So I was going to this church, and there was this mall called Parkway Plaza right by there. I don't know if you guys have ever been out there in El Cajon. And it's a big mall. So I had this, like, two-hour gap between services. Because I was there from, like, 6 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock at night serving. I'm serious. I was, like, all day. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to Parkway Plaza, and I'm just going to share with people about Jesus, right? And I'm pumped up. You know, I'm, like, hyped up, right? You know, and you drink a whole, like, three cans of Red Bull, and you're like, all right, let's go do this. And so I go over there. And everybody I see, okay, I'm going to go share about Jesus. And say, matter of fact, let me get somebody. Let me get, Jesse, come here. This is literally how it was happening. Jesse, stand right there. Stand right there. So I would see somebody at the mall over and over. And this is what happened. I see somebody at the mall, right? All right, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. I'm gonna, I see him right there. I'm going to tell him about Jesus. I'm going to tell him about Jesus. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. And it kept happening over and over and over again. And I was embarrassed and I was mad at myself. I was ashamed. I was ashamed because I didn't want to tell him about Jesus. I was scared about what he would say, how he would react. Would he be like, I don't want to hear that or, or get mad at me or cuss me out or nothing. I don't know. And I was ashamed because I wasn't sharing the gospel. And it hurt my stomach because I knew I was supposed to be sharing the gospel. And one day I read in the book of Acts where they prayed for boldness. And I was at the trolley station, coming back from church one night. And I saw a trolley coming, and it was going to park at El Cajon. And so I saw all these people. I'm like, okay, I'm going to share on the trolley. And as soon as I saw it pull up, the whole thing's full. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of people. I'm like, all right. Lord, give me boldness. I need it. I said, when I go up in there, I didn't know, look, I didn't know theology back then. You guys saw I just got a, a master's degree. I didn't know about theology back then. But all I knew was that God changed my life. And I just got out of prison, too. So I was, I was a rough behind the, you know. So I remember, as soon as this, okay, God, okay. And I don't know if you guys have ever been scared about something so bad before. And you had to, like, talk to yourself into it, you know. Like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And all of a sudden, it went up, and I'm like, here we go. And I just, like, jumped, and I was like, only thing I knew how to say was this. Excuse me. No disrespect. My name is Sean, and I'm a six-time felon. I have eight years in county, state, and federal prisons, not including rehabs or group homes, and God has changed my life. And, and, and people, that's what they did. I was like, okay, well, I want to invite you. I didn't know how to share the gospel. I said, I want to invite you to this church. And guess what? Here are the service times. It's right over here. 
Come as you are. They got free coffee. I, just come. And people were like, okay, woo. And guess what? Some people actually came. It was crazy. And then, like, I started doing it more and more and more. Then the next thing I'm at the taco shop. And I see somebody. And I'm like, hey, man, you know Jesus? Hey, man, this is what happened to me. And I just started talking, and then they couldn't shut me up. That's what this passion is. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel no matter what happens. It's like, I know right now when we see people out, how many people have, have, have people that they know who aren't saved? Raise your hand. We have people all over San Diego County that are not saved right now. We got people all around this neighborhood who are not saved right now. We got people all up in our workplace who are not saved right now. Some of us got people all up in our home who are not saved right now. If we don't have a passion, Pastor Brent spoke eloquently today, whatever our passion is about is going to overflow in our lives. It's not just going to be what we say, it's what we do, it's how we think, it's how we live, how we breathe. It's not just a Sunday Christian, it's an everyday Christ is everything. You want to know about the gospel? You know, I, you guys see I wear glasses, right? I'm blind as a bat. And I remember the first time I ever got glasses, right? I, I didn't think, I didn't know how blind I was. But I went there and they you know, did the prescription and they, and they gave me the glasses. And I stepped outside and I put my glasses on. And all of a sudden, I could see everything. Like the leaves had lines in it. I was like, wow. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I'm, I'm signing up for the worship team. Um, but that's what happens when we come not ashamed to the gospel. We start seeing people how they really are broken, lost. Even the people you don't like, there's reasons why they act the way they act. We just got to seek and understand why and see that they're really just hurt inside just like us. And they're looking for something. They might be looking for all, all the wrong places, but they're looking for something. They just don't know it's Jesus. And guess what? You have it. But if you don't have that passion for Christ, if, if it's not to live for Christ, to die as gain, then how are they ever going to know about it? And everything, Christ should be exalted in our bodies. Which means, when, when Paul said that Christ be exalted in his body, it means everything in the apostle's life, everything, the whole self. When the Bible says the whole self, it's everything glorifies God. Our speech, our actions, our motives, our thoughts, everything needs to glorify Christ. And for a Christian... Our commitment to Christ should demand no less. You know, the crucial thing for Paul was not life or death, even though he's in chains, even though he's faced, he could be facing death. He don't know. The crucial thing for Paul was just maintaining a faithful witness. That's all that mattered to him. Because when you have a passion for Christ, Christ is the only thing who matters. You know what? When I was doing the sermon, I was convicted. I'm going to keep it real with you guys. I, sometimes, not every day, was Christ the only thing on my mind. 
I had other things that mattered too that, that, that I, it shouldn't have been mattering. And, and, and I was battling, I was wrestling with this one because I understood what Paul was going through and I was struggling. I was like, I don't want to come up here like a hypocrite. And I had to really get down on my hands and knees. Sometimes in our life, us Christians, even though we're saved, we have some hard days. Sometimes in our life, even though Christians are saved, sometimes we have thoughts we shouldn't be thinking. Sometimes we get in arguments with people. Sometimes we have pride issues. Sometimes we have battles and struggles and depressions and fears. And when I was reading the sermon, I'm like, Paul didn't care about none of that. All he cared about was Christ. When you have a passion for Christ, to live as Christ, and to die as gain. Paul reversed everything right there. Verse 21. For they all seek their own interests, <laughs> not those of Jesus Christ. I'm not even going to say you say amen on that one, but some of us can testify to that sometimes. But you know, I'm in the wrong one. <laughs> uh, Man, that fan just hit the page over and you guys didn't even tell me. That's crazy. <laughs> For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I am to live in the flesh that means fruitful labor to me, yet I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is the part to be with Christ, which, matter of fact, the Bible shows right there that instantaneously we are with Jesus when we die. Okay? So just so you guys know, I know for whatever age you are or even um, if you had lost ones, to know that instantaneously, the Bible says right here that they are with Christ. He says, my desire is the part to be with Christ, for that is far better. You see, Paul, he reversed everything by saying to live as Christ and die as gain. Usually in today's society, it's the exact opposite. To live is for myself. We don't want to die, Right? We don't want to give up stuff. And I, I get it. it. But even for the people who don't know Christ, the reason why this is the mentality that it's hard for them to understand when, when Christ said this or when Paul said this was because it, it flipped everything upside down. For people who, who don't have Jesus in their life or don't believe in God, they strive for all that they have. It's the only thing that they can attain. That's why you see people, all, all they care about is money. They're trying to get rich. So they're trying all these, these get-rich-quick schemes and, and all they focus, money, 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 money. I was like that for years. All I focused on money. I paid the price for that. A lot of price for that. Or, or, or people want power. They, they want to be this person. You want this position. You want this title. It becomes your everything that you're willing to, to, to cut off people and step on toes and, and do things you're not supposed to do. Or pleasure. Look at David and Bathsheba. Look what he did for pleasure. See, my page flipped. You guys didn't tell me again. <laughs> or even prestige. But you know what? When it's all said and done, none of this stuff matters. As somebody who's stage four cancer, who's on their deathbed right now, if they care about their position at their company, Ask somebody who found out that they got less than six months to live about whether or not they care 
if they get a billion dollars tomorrow? Ask anybody who really believes in Christ, who follows them, who's in prayer, if there's anything else more important than him. It's like he had this eternal perspective. You know, if there was only one statement that could describe a true Christian, true Christianity would be that, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Because in every aspect of his life, he just wanted to continue to reveal him because that's all that mattered. Words, actions. You know, that's why he didn't care about the teachers who were preaching weird stuff out of a vein or to get money or anything like that. Because as long as Christ was getting known. You know, we're, we're, so you guys know we're Southern Baptists. And you got a lot of denominations out there. You got a lot of crazy churches who are preaching a lot of things. Some are still brothers and sisters in Christ. So we love them. And, and I'm appreciative of the fact that at least Christ is getting known. Need them to go to Gateway Seminary, though. <laughs> but other than that, but that's what matters. We don't have to get, like, I think uh, as Franklin had said, get on to denominationals. And, no, just Jesus. What's the core thing? As long as it's not uh, to do with salvation, then it doesn't really matter. You know, to be with Christ for a believer is everything. Even though we don't want to die. And I, I'll be the first to admit it, I don't want to die. But I, I, I do know that when I do die, that that would be the best thing that ever happened to me. Because I won't be able to think about nothing else. I mean, if I imagine being right in the presence of God, like all of a sudden you're right there and he's like, wow. That's all that matters. I fall to my feet. I got nothing to say. I probably couldn't even say nothing. Like the song, you know, I can only imagine. I, I, I can't imagine, but I know that I'd probably fall down the ground. Because I know I ain't worthy, but I'm thankful that he was. And Paul, I mean, imagine, have you guys ever read about this guy named Paul? Like, I mean, maybe you haven't. Paul went through more than any, almost anybody else besides Jesus Christ in the Bible. I mean, he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was whipped. I mean, everything he did, he suffered for the gospel. He almost died so many times. He was bitten by snakes, poisonous snakes and everything. He went through all this stuff. People used to talk bad about Paul. You read a lot of the letters, it's about these false teachers coming in and talking bad about Paul. Everybody, imagine having a hard life. So imagine he's like, man, the, the beauty of Christ is gain. There's no more pain. There's no more suffering. There's no tears. I'm just with Jesus. Like, this is what I preach. This is all I want. Paul didn't have an easy life. I believe some people in here can testify to that. And some of you guys didn't have an easy life either. So he was torn. And the word torn actually means dilemma. It was a real dilemma for him. See, Christ wasn't just a theological fact. It was a motive for his actions. It was a goal for his life and ministry. Christ's strength for him whenever he was weak, his grace was sufficient. 
So Paul resolves his conflict of not knowing what to do because realizing that even though it's better to be with Christ, the Philippians need me right now because I see him growing. And I know what God's going to do in this situation. Maybe that's where his confidence came from. And so Paul resolves his conflict of what he should do with the same principle that had guided him through his whole life to this point. And that was to serve and glorify God. You know, that's our only purpose in life. That's it. That's what we're here for. Our whole purpose in life is to glorify God in everything we do. When we wake up in the morning, it's not to get ready to go to work. It's to wake up and get ready to go to work and glorify God. When you brush your teeth, <laughs> some of y'all, I was talking to you earlier, y'all need to brush your teeth. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> Jesus. Your whole purpose is to glorify God. He didn't need us, but that's why he made us. Everything is summed up in that, but not for our own selfishness, but just to serve him. Because Paul had a passion for Christ. And so should we. Lastly, when you have a passion for Christ, no matter how hard it gets, you'll press forward in faith. Verse 25. He says, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress, the gospel being advanced, and joy in the faith, so that in me you have ample cause to glorify in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Once again, he's optimistic. He's excited. He feels that he knows that his time is not up yet because God's not done with him. Some of you guys, you thought maybe your time was up. And God said, no, no, no. I still got something for them. They're not done fulfilling my purpose yet. I still have a mission for them. And Paul's mission, one of them, was the church in Philippi. And so he's encouraging them to press forward. And as he's encouraging Paul, Paul's encouraging them. You know, Paul's passion, even though he was in prison, even though he had been beaten, even though he had been bitten, even though he had been stoned, even though he had been gossiped, even though they had beat him up, even though they tried everything to shut him down. It didn't matter. All that mattered was pressing forward for Jesus. For us in our life. Just like the person who's passionate about their kids just like Michael Jordan is with basketball, just like anybody who's passionate about anything, if Christ is important in our lives, it's going to show. Christ's passion was for us. Christ didn't get martyred. He wasn't killed for his faith. He volunteered. And even at any moment, he could have had thousands of angels stop the whole thing. He said, no. I have to press forward. He couldn't give up. No matter how many times they beat him. No matter how many times they whooped him. 
No matter how many times they pulled his beard, spit in his face, hit him, called him names. All he could focus about was you. His passion was you. And even if he didn't die for anybody else on the cross, he would die for just you. See, Paul's passion was for Christ. But Christ's passion was for you. So if you're a Christian, I encourage you with these last words that I've said so many times in the sermon. And I hope they stick with you. When you have a passion for Christ, Christ is all that matters. So from this day forward, for the rest of our life, let us have one motto and one motto only. To live as Christ and Christ is gain. Oh yeah, we're going to the park. You guys ready? Lord, Father God, I just come to you and, and, and forgive me for my sins. Sometimes I put other things before you. Sometimes I've been human, Lord, but I just pray tonight. I pray for, for you to just use your Holy Spirit. We're asking for help so that we are not ashamed of the gospel. We are not ashamed of you, Father God but that we get rid of all of our motives, all of our agendas, everything else in our life. And we give them to the cross. We kneel them down right there. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If any of you right now has never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I would like you to raise your hand right now. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If any of you, none of you, any of you at all. And if there's anybody here who Maybe you could start living for Christ a little better. Maybe you've had other things on your plate this week. Maybe you've been doing other things. And maybe Christ hasn't been the priority of your life. But today you want to make him the priority of your life. Let me see you raise your hand right now. Amen. 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 I just want to pray for you guys. Lord, I pray for all the people in here who, who just want to make you their everything to lay it down for you, Father God, like you laid it down for us. Help us be more passionate for you. Help us want to hang out with you more, to talk to you more, to listen to you more, to serve you more. Help us make you the main priority in our life, not just with our words, but with our whole self, with everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. Contact us or learn more at our website, newvision.city. See you next time.